This is So Far So Rare, a podcast about all things so rare. This week, I spoke with Chris, aka the MLS Card Guy, and we talked about all the things that happened in So Rare this week. There wasn't actually as much as usual, but there was loads to talk about with the top five leagues in Europe all coming back. Loads of people seemingly coming back to the platform. Volumes are up in terms of offers. Um, record-breaking streams in the So Rare world. You know, that sounds so pretentious. I'm leaving it in. Uh- <laughs> It's just, but I mean, like, people are back. You might be turning back on your podcast after a few months off. I hope you enjoy it. Leave me a review, subscribe, and enjoy the episode. Chris, the MLS card guy, welcome back to the podcast. I met you in London last weekend, and one of the first things you said to me was that you were insulted. You hadn't been invited back, but some other degenerates had been. Uh, so here we are. Had to get you back on straight as, as quick as I could. Yeah, I had to come back on the show for sure. And I noticed that you had uh, had our co-host, Trippin' B, from the uh, Sower in the States baseball podcast on last week. So you're two for two here. I guess you got to get Nashy on next week and make it three for three, huh? Everyone's going to be sick of Yanks. Nashi kind of breaks that up, I suppose. But um, yeah, no, it was funny because last week uh, we were obviously in London. We'll talk a bit about that. And uh, we thought we'd said our goodbyes about three times, I think. And then I was in this queue for security at Heathrow. Now, Heathrow's a big airport and there's multiple terminals. Happened to be the same terminal. You happened to pass me and we bumped into each other. Um, and then I was sitting there chatting going like, oh, geez, I haven't even organized the podcast this week. And you're like, I'm your guy. So here we are. Um, you stood up whenever I needed someone, so so let's do it. Um, we had an interesting one, and this isn't maybe a so rare topic, but it's something that's been not bugging me recently, but I've been I've been wondering about it. I probably need to ask the soccer card United guys. Another funny story. Anyone who listens and knows about that, if you're into the physical card world, I bumped into Jason, who hosts that last night by chance in Dublin, which again is a pretty big city. The chances of bumping into him are very slim, and I did. Um, that was weird. So. The question is this, behind me on the shelf, and apologies to anyone watching this, um, because my door's open, and even if you're listening, you might hear some kids having fun, God forbid. How uh, dare because, they? Yeah. God, go and play Fortnite in your Get room off alone. my lawn. Stop playing with that ball, young man. Anyway, I could be looking at the next Foden. I can see him right now. Nope. He's crap. He's crazy he not the, the next Foden. But um, my point is that it's very, very hot and sweaty in here, so expect a bit of background noise. But my rant and the bigger, longer thing was about we got the Haaland uh, debut Premier League game tickets. So we basically went to West Ham Man City at the weekend. Fun game. We'll maybe talk about that too. But what I want to rattle off the bat is the ticket we got has duplicate written on it. Yeah. And I don't know if that matters or not. So basically all tickets are given out in digital form now. And if you wanted the physical one, you had to go up to the wee desk and get it. And we did that, and it has duplicate written on it. And now, this is one of those long plays where in 10 years, it could be absolutely worthless and nothing. Or equally, Haaland could be the top Premier League goal scorer ever, top goal scorer ever, whatever he might be in 15 years. And you have the ticket from the first ever Premier League game he played. So that's that's the play we're going for here. But it's a it says duplicate, because obviously you had it in your phone as well. So I wonder how that... Anyone who's into their collectibles or collecting tickets, reach out and let me know. What's your take? I don't know. I was worried about that as well because you obviously you want to send it to like PSA and get it graded. But if it says duplicate, they may be like, well, you didn't, you know, this isn't the original ticket. The flip side to that is it was printed from West Ham's, you know, 
mm. printers on their ticket stock. So it's not like I could have printed it at home. It's just like they printed it and, and did it there. So, I, I mean, I could literally see it both ways. And obviously, I hope that it's, you know, considered real. And I mean, we were at the game, yeah. so we, we obviously know. But um, yeah, I mean, it could 100% be worth a ton at some point. Like Michael jo- Michael Jordan's first game I saw went for like 465K, which is just absurd. Yeah, which is exactly. So. That's absurd. So like even if this never quite hits those heights, maybe his Borussia Dortmund first game ticket would go for maybe Salzburg even more, but ultimately, hopefully it's a milestone. It's just an interesting little collectible point, not necessarily so rare, like, related, but there's a lot to talk about in so rare this week. I say that every week. There actually isn't a hell of a lot that's happened this week, but we're going to find stuff. Uh, We're going to talk about load anyway. Um, And on top of that, the biggest so rare meetup ever happened last weekend, so we have to talk about that. Um, The so so rare have re-released uh, Bundesliga, the Austrian Bundesliga cards. So that's nice to see. Uh, they're on the market now. And Michelin, if that's how you say it, some of their cards are there now too. So they're two new releases, which are brilliant. Um, and yeah, I suppose, I don't know. It's been a weird week. Football was back. I had lots of lineups that were kind of in the mix. Two of them that got right up there and one made a tier zero and a tier one. But equally, a couple of players that let me down. Trent Alexander-Arnold shot his lowest score in his whole one-year chart on the week that I needed him to do something. He got like a 20-something. He got a 20, and if he had a score of 50 or a 60, I would have won. <laughs> um, which Are he does regularly them? enough. No, his price is coming down a wee bit. I'm going to wait to give me 300 when everyone needs him and wants him. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. It feels like a a strangely slow week in terms of news but a very fast week in terms of like football and i mean it, we're, we're back into the gutter now where we're so5 playing it like you know we're so5 i was building teams today and i got very confused because there were so many players i kind of forgot and i didn't know what was optimal yeah. and we've all the like underdogs and specialists and this is and that's and i just didn't know what to be doing to be quite frank i didn't know the best strategy and when you go in and you're setting lineups normally, you know, like, hey, this guy played last week. He played two weeks ago. He's probably okay this week. Whereas now, I mean, even with like some of the Spanish cards and Italian cards that are starting, it's like, I mean, he could have an injury in the preseason. I have to go research every single player on my roster. Mm-hmm. And it just takes forever to figure out who's yeah. hurt, who's not hurt. You know, normally it's pretty easy when you're in the routine of setting lineups. But I feel like when you first start the new season, you got to give yourself like one or two weeks as just a cushion of like, I'm going to make a few mistakes just because I feel like everybody will. But that being said, like the Bayern and the PSG stacks went off last week. So um, it took some really high scores to, to win some stuff, especially in like champ Europe. I'm just having a look there. Like what you're saying is absolutely bang on. We're basically, there's so much more research needing done at the minute and it makes it really tiresome. And then, Normally, for me, I love the kind of period between like February and April because you're kind of mid-season, you have a lot of information, and all's good. The problem we have now is we're going to have a week or two of finding out, and then we're going to have an international break in September. Yeah. And then we're going to have another few weeks of kind of getting into it, and then we'll be in our, in our stride, and then we'll have a weird World Cup. And then we'll come back from the World Cup, and we'll have a month, and it'll be the transfer window, so anything could happen. And even for the next three weeks, anything could happen, by the way. Like, even Cody Gakpo, I don't know whether to play him or not with the rumors. What's to say he right. even plays? If he's going to be sold to United for a big ton chunk of money, why would they not just rest him and make sure he doesn't break a leg? Do you know what I mean? So it's one of right. those. So, like, the transfer window, then we've got an international break or two, and then we've got the World Cup, and then we have another transfer window, and then there'll be a sweet spot where we can kind of breathe and have, like, some sort of comfort and set our lineups for a few couple of months. But, like... 
it's a task, isn't it? It it is hard. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it's going to be really hard. And even from our perspective, looking at the MLS off season, it's going to be all broken up because guys are going to go to the World Cup. Guys are going to, you know, transfer. There's mm. all different kinds of trade windows. There's a draft. There's all different kinds of things between now and in February, or I guess it'll start sometime like late March. Well, the season will be back. So I'm getting a ton of questions like, hey, who do I pick up as a stack for next year? And I have no idea what to answer because it's like we are so not even close to next year yet. But at the same time, there's like 10 games left. So you kind of have to plan for next year. You know, you just mm. kind of have to go with what you know right now. It's rough. It's tough out there. But it's mad because this is all I've been looking forward to. And I love it. I'll rant about it and bitch about it. Don't don't get me wrong. I love it. Um, all these teams getting built. And it's like, let me see. I built a few for this week. And like this, the struggles, I'm just going to run through. I'm not going to bore everyone by doing like a lineup builder here. Don't worry. That's not what's about to happen. But I'm just going to pull up. I've built 14 teams so far. But just to throw, throw out some of the things that I'm like, ugh, I don't even know what to do here. Like Jude Bellingham, I don't even know what his story is going to be this year. The matrix change isn't obviously in effect yet, but apparently a lot of people are saying that'll help him. Doesn't really matter for a few weeks, but ultimately that's like, how many goals are Dortmund really going to be scoring? You know, Haaland's gone, blah, 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 blah. It's just, an, I don't know. I think he's good for a 45, but yeah. I don't really know whether I can pick him or not yet. Jonathan David, of a couple of him. Was that a freakish kind of thing against a, like a, in a really good fixture, or is he actually going to be good? Upamecano. Everyone's saying he's going to be dropped eventually, but he scored like a 90-something last week. Leroy Sané, Tony Cruz. Is Tony Cruz going to be phased out for Kamavinga? And uh, Shemeni, I think he'll start based on his appearance versus Frankfurt, but equally it's like, I don't know. Just looking down, <laughs> there's so many like ifs and buts and mays, and I can't wait, I think, for about three weeks from now, the first week of September, that'll be a nice week before the international break. That'll be a nice yeah. week. And then everything will get thrown back into chaos. But yeah, no, I mean, like Tony Crows, we've been saying he's going to get phased out for, what, three years now? Um, mm. Jonathan David, like Lille has changed their coach. They've changed their approach. And maybe he'll be fantastic. He's a great player. There's no question about that. But, you know, where does uh, where does the system fit him? Or does he fit the system is, is really the question. So, I mean, there's, mm. like you said, tons of questions out there about just about every player at this point. We have no idea really who to set and who not to set. And we've had a mad transfer window. I'm not saying it's mad. It's it's just a transfer window, but it, it feels a bit not mad to me because we've had a lot of like a lot of movement, you know. And I have a look here. Even just I'm going to start from a few days ago. I'm on um, ESPN's soccer transfer page. I kind of like this, but like Neto left Barcelona, the goalkeeper. So that might be a goalkeeper in play. He's off to Bournemouth. Who knows? Connor Cody. He's not really so rare related. Angelina off to Hoffenheim surprised me a wee bit, but off he went. Isco got the move to Sevilla. Isco is one of these players that's been talked about for years as a guy who, you know, out of form, not played, rotated, da 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 da, could hit, could do amazing if he gets the move. He actually has got the move, which is one of those moves that probably should happen a long time ago. Um, Sinesi went to Bournemouth from Feyenoord. Going up here, Mertens off the Galatasaray. Maybe he can do something there. Gonzalo Guides off the Wolves. Don't really like that for him. Timo Werner back to Leipzig is a huge move. Yeah. Amadou Nana off to Everton. A lot, a lot of people were liking him at Lille. Um, a few more here. Malang Sar, he has so rare cards from his time. Was it a Porto, I think? He's off to Monaco. Um, Alexis like Sanchez Dybala? is off to Marseille. Dabala off to Roma. That one happened a wee bit ago, but yeah, huge. I've got two or three more here. Matty Hop from Mallorca to Middlesbrough. Definitely will help his price, I think. Um, Michael Dimes. M- Mikel Dimes. Duh. Mikkel Damsgaard from Sampdoria off to Brentford. Don't know about that as a move for him, but 
what a player. Vlasic off the Torino, who used to be arguably the best midfielder in the game. And I, the latest transfer I have here is Kiko Casilla, who was a super, super cheap goalkeeper. And he's off the Getafe, I imagine, for game time. So that could be another goalkeeper that's just come back into the game. And we've still got like another three weeks left of a transfer window. They just There's lots happening. Yeah, there's a, a bunch going on, and you didn't. I mean, there's obviously a ton of transfers. We didn't, aren't going to go through all of them. That's in the last like, yeah. three days for reference. Yeah. That's the last three days. That's wild, and that's and I feel like also the last maybe like four or five days we were so busy like talking to each other, hanging out, going to this game, going to you know this event that um, a lot of this just kind of like I just kind of like frozen time, and I just haven't been able to keep up with everything, and I was just so. I'm in almost catch-up mode, trying to catch up with everything that's been going on. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was an awesome event and definitely something that I would highly, highly, highly recommend for anybody uh, just to get in a group of even people near you. It doesn't have to be, you know, a uh, a big name or like Quinny or John or anybody like that. Even just a, a couple of guys hanging out at a bar can be a lot of fun and you can make friends that, you know, you didn't even know you had. Um, so I, I think that was and having 60 people there was was incredible. So kudos to you on behalf of the whole community. Kudos to you for putting all that together and oh, and thanks, uh, having the having the cojones to grab everybody and get them all there from all over the world. So <laughs> look at you. No, f- fair play to you and the, the guys who flew in from abroad in particular, but equally everyone who just bounced on the train or had a shorter flight or a bus or a walk or whatever it was. It was, I think, I think it all kind of went to plan. People on this podcast have heard me ranting about it for ages. And don't worry, like, if, if you're not into the whole meeting up thing, we're not going to rant about it for 10 years here. But equally, it was a pretty special moment for the community. Um, I don't know if I'll organize another one again. I might. I feel like I didn't get to enjoy it as much as I wished. If it was, like, working. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because... The way it was organized, you know, I had to get in early and I had to fix everything up. And obviously I met the guys, a few of the guys on the Thursday night beforehand and they kept buying me beer and I got, had a, had a little bit of a hangover on the Friday morning, but getting in, getting it set up and then I had to do this and go for lunch and then a live stream and then getting the wee stage area set up, working out a way to give out the prizes because there was a lot of, there was prizes and fair play. Thank you to So Rare. They gave us some cracking prizes to give away, including like signed shirts, Danny Parejo limited card. You love to see it. Conor McGregor limited card, Celtic signed jersey, Feynard or PSV, I think it was PSV signed jersey, Bayer Leverkusen signed jersey, lots of stuff. So and 20 sort of merch bags as well. So big, big thanks to So Rare. Um, and even also also a shout out, a couple of other NFT companies give a few things. Foodium give away a club um, and Viteria United give a couple of NFT. So thanks to everyone for those prizes. And if you did win a prize, it'll be coming out soon. I'm waiting to hear from So Rare on, on the next steps. Um but yeah, no, I, th- I think the event went really well. From my perspective, I just wish I had more time to say hello to everyone. Do you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I was like running around. I mean, I had nothing to do. Literally, I was just there to talk to people. And I still don't think I got to talk to everybody. Um, but it was, I mean, the people that I did talk to was great. Like you get to put some names with faces. Um, you get to, you know, kind of get a little bit more backstory than you than you do. Because a, yeah. lot, of, a lot of this kind of stuff is just kind of we put stuff out there. And people will like message us, but it's not, you know, it's not a true conversation. It's not really back and forth. I can't like build off their ideas. So, Mm. um, yeah, it was, it was a great time. I know one of the questions that we got on Twitter was what was your highlight and low light of the week? And, uh, definitely the low light was, uh, missing out on the merch there. I, uh, I was an idiot and thought you would, uh, you would go against your Danny Pareo there. And it was pretty ruthless. uh, 
I, I missed that one badly, and I was I was walking out with my head down there. That, no shame, yeah. no lie. It, it was pretty ruthless. So, like for anyone listening, what I did was there was about I don't know the sixty people kind of sitting down and to try and decide who the twenty merch bags went to, and then the the, the podium prizes. We played a game of who has more followers. So it was like so rare or Danny Parejo was the first one and it, it literally got rid of like more than half the floor everyone got it wrong and no one really knew that that's what they were playing for i said okay we're going to play for the prizes competition but no one really knew the merch bags were included so like the last 20 people got the merch bags and then the, the top five or six or seven it was got to pick a, a prize but um yeah it was funny some of the some of the like this or that's were very like oh i don't actually know that one it was like a antoine griezmann or jared pk you know that type of idea and it was good fun but i think like um looking to future events the thing is when i look at it and think about it it was lovely it was so nice you could see all the friendships you know everyone knew each other we had the wee name badges on you go up and you'd recognize the name and everyone's chatting and making friends and you know there was that instant bond a lot of people came on their own and they automatically had their people do you know what i mean like they knew yeah they could all just talk about it and even outside that crew i mean it was fpl was the the wider event and they all know football too you know so yeah. it was a nice it was a nice time the venue was pretty cool um looking ahead to maybe doing it again i don't think it's something you want to do all the time kind of lose right lose it's i don't know this is how special it is maybe magic charm the magic charm if you're doing it every two or three mm-hmm. months no one will go because right. there aren't enough people in one area i mean you could do that with a smaller group maybe but i think with something like this look at it for the end of the season maybe we did it for the start maybe we do it for the end or maybe just do it for the start of next year but when i think about it I just hope so rare organize it, you know, <laughs> I, I want to just go. I don't want to do yeah. that. And I mean, I will do it if no one else is going to do it. Don't worry. But I mean, ultimately I think being able to just mill around, have a beer and chat to people would be, would be nice. It'd be uh, way more fun. I know. I definitely had it a lot more fun than you did. Cause you were definitely running around literally all hours of the day and night. Um, but yeah, I mean, even it doesn't even have to be a massive thing where people fly in from all over the world. It can be regionalized, you know, it could be, you yeah. know, so rare london has one so rare paris has one so rare in the u.s has one um obviously it's a little harder in the u.s with travel but you know it doesn't have to be this massive thing where all hundred thousand people from so rare get together in one room it can just be you know you go and see a couple of the mates every every couple months that are Mm. just near you and it's not a it doesn't have to be a whole weekend thing so i mean there's there's tons of different ideas and obviously um people in the community can can be creative and come up with great stuff like um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely something that I love to see. That was one of the big reasons I got into so rare in the beginning was because of the community aspect and making friends. And, and I was telling people like, I, this is my very first time in Europe. I've never been to Europe, never had the opportunity. And now I go and meet 60 different people, most of whom know who I am and want to come up and say hi and have a conversation. Um, mm. cause you know, I'm not, I'm not a very extroverted person. Like I'm not going to go and talk to people and make friends, whereas people kind of coming up to me and. And uh, yeah, it was just, it was an amazing time. And it really kind of brought me back to why I started Sower and why I got into this. Um, so I, I definitely hope that we can, we can put some more stuff together um, in, in the future as well. Hashtag SoRareCon with all your feedback, ideas, photos, whatever else. There's a few there already. It was kind of funny. But um, yeah, no, it was funny. And even being on stage talking was different than this. This is easy that's a bit different i actually found it i thought i would be more nervous i didn't really give a shit but i think again it comes back to that i felt like i knew everyone do you know yeah which is strange but you kind of knew people heckling you in the back you all knew who they were so (laughs) yeah yeah 
Yeah, exactly. You don't take it too personally. And on top of that, I think that's where I kind of get away with it because I never really profess to be an expert. I talk a lot of shit and I know I do. But that means when you're on stage, it's not like you're going to get caught out. Do you know, if you're up there trying to actually drop bombs of knowledge and, and really enlighten people, then there's a pressure on you to perform and, and give that. But whenever it's yeah. just you up there having a bit of fun. And it was good fun. Um, but basically, really good fun. Hopefully we can do it again soon. Thanks to everyone who traveled. And yeah, let's let's get stuck into the season. So football's back 100% this weekend is the way I've kind of written it here. We have Spanish football coming back. Few guys there I forgot about, none other than Danny Parejo popping up everywhere in my gallery. Um, and then we also have Italy back. So that's interesting. I have a couple of Milan players and a few others, a few Napoli guys. We've got a full stack now going in um, to champion Europe. And there's no Mbappe, albeit I know he'd be played in under 23. Mbappe caught out a lot of teams last week and helped a few people get to, to podiums that they might not otherwise have had a chance of whenever. PSG went one five or six nil, whatever it was. Yeah. But um, I feel like every week I'm saying football's back, but football's been back a little bit more each week, and I think it's truly right. there now. It's just kind of building and building and building, and we got like Austria first, and then you know a couple of the bigger leagues, and now we have. I, I think everybody's back now, right? I don't think there's any teams that are or any leagues that are still off. Um, yeah, back. it'll be really interesting to see. Like we were talking about earlier with all the transfers and new faces and new places. It'll be really interesting to see how some of these guys fit into teams. And I think there's a ton of opportunity right now with guys who are kind of flying more kind of under the radar that maybe have a transfer who weren't playing at their last place um, to, to kind of get in and, and get some guys before they kind of blow up. Yeah. Yeah. As I was saying, so many moving parts, so much opportunity. Um, here's one. I won't, I won't say who they were because I don't know if they want to be, they know this is public knowledge, but I was talking to someone at the weekend um, I don't know if they listen to the podcast or not. If you do, I can name you next week if you want to be named. People might know who it is anyway. Maybe I'd be sleeping under a rock. But basically, he doesn't play SO5. He just trades. And do you know what his latest like play was? He bought like 400 rare goalkeepers that were like retiring or old. And that's all he bought. And he w- bought them all at an av- a price average price of like 12 quid. Because he got them a few months ago. Sorry. Ooh. He was buying them a few months ago and he was just buying old retired ones when he stepped and he was just spam, spamming out offers to everyone, getting blocked here, getting blocked there. 12 quid was like the fair, fair enough but low price at the time and he picked up something like three or 400 goalkeepers, rare, and his plan is to flip them into now and apparently the floor of that type of player to win is like 50 quid. So it shows there's I mean, more than one a, ways to... It's not a bad idea. Yeah, it's really not a bad idea. It's, it's coming up with the rare goalkeeper thing. I had like two maybe, but I didn't go anywhere near as hard as that. Um, I haven't really checked the price to be honest with you lately. Cause I was kind of waiting. I wanted to kind of let it go a little bit. And, and once people get a little more desperate then I was going to go, go back. But yeah, I mean, that's sounds like a great move. And I know, yeah, that's kind of the beauty of Sora is you, you are, you have multiple ways to play the game, right? You don't have to just go for rewards. You don't have to go for the, the top, top, top players. You can flip guys that are undervalued. You can flip guys that, you know, maybe they're they're not playing at one team and then they transfer to a new team and all of a sudden they're going to start playing. And if you kind of have that insider knowledge, you can you can kind of play that way as well. And I know that's something I think I'm a little bit better at is, is the trading aspect as opposed to the rewards aspect. I'm total shit at putting lineups together and actually having good players. 
um, because every time one of my players has a decent couple of game weeks, their price goes up and I'm like, oh, I have to sell that now. So mm-hmm. I never actually have anybody who's on form. So it's very difficult. Even though I have good players, they're normally out of form. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I would consider myself more of a trader and now is a really great opportunity to kind of flip some cards high and buy some others low. So it's kind of a trader's dream right now. There, there is a lot of liquidity in the market. I don't have any evidence to back that up, but I'm feeling it. Like, I'm getting offers through. I won two rewards yesterday. Yesterday? Tuesday? Uh, we're recording this on Thursday, late in the evening. Um, and I had them flipped and sold within about 36 hours at very, yeah. very fair prices. Yeah. Um, and now I've got an ETH balance. And I think, like, if you're looking to sell... I mean, there does seem to be a bit of movement going on. I might go and check out So Rare Data. Have you noticed anything? Hundred percent. Did, yeah, did they get rid of the charts? No, they didn't. Did they get rid of the manager page on So Rare Data? Like to see who the biggest managers are. I haven't checked in a while, but I know no. you're up there somewhere. If that's what you were looking for, that I, I actually was. It was an ego thing. I wanted to see like where I come. Like, am I top hundred or am I like top five hundred? I don't actually have a clue. Um, I wouldn't be in the top five thousand. That's okay. Um, no, I, I think there's a huge, there's a huge, um, liquidity in the market right now, just because I think a lot of people are building teams for this new season, which I think happens a lot at the beginning of seasons. I, uh, and also you have people like me who are kind of trading out, right? I buy stuff at the end of the season, hold it during the off season. And then now is the time when Mm. they sell. So I've sold a a bunch of stuff here recently, just sold Musiala today, just sold Ubi Meccano, uh, last week. Um, so I mean, ton of like bigger name european type guys that i'm probably not going to hold all season i'm probably not going to keep all season i'm probably not going to play all season i'm just going to cash in while they're really high and go and get some you know either mls or mlb type stuff that's that's very low at the moment so yeah i mean there's kind of it's one of those time periods where everything kind of overlaps if you want to play for rewards you can build your team now mm. if you want to play if you want to be a trader and sell you can really sell a lot of guys right now so it's kind of it's it's, it's kind of a good time for everybody I'm I'm interested, right? Because I speculated the whole time, you know, and it's not it's not this isn't mad bombs of knowledge, but like I kind of thought, okay, it's logical that football stops in May and people switch off for a couple of months and then they come back. And I was looking at YouTube views, you know, between like January to April, from like February to April this year, I put a lot into YouTube and the views were like doing way better, like way better than they were before. And everyone's right. going great. I think this is amazing. And then it's kind of tapered off for a month or two. And I was wondering, am I just talking shite to myself to make myself feel better here? But my logic was that, okay, well, a lot of people are switched off. You know, they aren't really yeah. maybe playing. But then, and I know this is no barometer of so rare as a, this is no real way to measure so rare and everything. There's much more efficient or better ways to do it. But basically what I'm trying to get at here is on YouTube, views are coming back a little bit. I did a stream yesterday, two days ago, and there were 275 people watching the stream that's a so rare stream at about six or seven in the evening and to put that into perspective my biggest ever so and this was nothing special this was another reward opening that was my biggest so rare stream by over double i don't think i think of the best i had before that was like 130 275 people on a youtube stream People are back and they're wondering what's happening. And I'm, I'm actually interested to go and look at like my YouTube views overall, you know, over the last whatever. And maybe other people don't care, but people always ask me this because they, they always want to know, like, they think that's some sort of, like, gauge of how things are doing. Yeah. Um, 
But if I look at my views over the last like 90 days, that's oh, a really shit graph. I'll work it out and come back maybe next week. But ultimately, things are ticking up. And if you go and look yeah. at the offer volume history on so rare data, the graph is like we're having we're constantly sort of peaking around breaking previous highs in yeah. terms of volume of ETH. Like the Gary V boom biggest day was a thousand and ten ETH or something like that, just over a thousand ETH. In June, we had a day where we had twelve hundred ETH. But ETH was low. It's wild. At the start of July, we had a 1,200 ETH day. And there again, the 3rd of August, we had a 1,200 ETH day. And the last couple of days in a row, we've had over 1,000 ETH volume on secondary. So there's a lot of movement. There's a lot of ETH changing yeah. hands, is, is suppose what I'm getting at. Like it, it, The market's heating up. People are excited. Football's back. For and sure. there's baseball and I mean, now as you, well, I suppose. Yeah. Baseball is also in there as well, which which does add a lot to the market. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you really think about it, like your normal typical user is focused on the European leagues, one or or multiple of the European leagues. And when they get to May, they're going to do one of two things. They're either going to shut off and not play for two months, or they're going to go and play MLS or Asian. And I know there are quite a few people that do that, but there are probably more, um, I'll say people who aren't quite as vocal in the community because I think the people who are really vocal want to keep being vocal and they want to keep playing and they want to just have something to talk about. Whereas it's more the silent majority type of player that doesn't, that just plays on their own and doesn't really connect too much with the community. Um, They're going to more switch off and then come back in August when they say, when they see Sky Sports is now showing highlights again. Um, so yeah, I think there's, there's a huge swing of momentum. You're obviously getting some more baseball people now. You're getting a ton of European uh, views for soccer, which is, which is great. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a really exciting time and I, I hope we can break some, break some high records and break some, uh, break some views records and all that kind of thing. And by the way, to put that in perspective for a stream, 275 people, it doesn't sound like a lot. If you're looking at like views on a video or something like that, 275 people were in the same place at the same time watching yeah. you which is absurd like you can't get 275 people to do anything at the same time so i mean you gotta have a huge base in order to pull yeah. 275 people that are free at that time so um congratulations to you that's really great i hope you continue to break those records and i hope we make 275 look like an average day here in the I hope next so uh, too. year or two but yeah again look at it sounds like a wee bit of a, like a, a humble bragger bringing up view counts and whatever but honestly it's a case of like it is more than double the previous best and it was out of nowhere. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. when I say it's out of nowhere, it's not really out of nowhere. It was the Tuesday after fo- Premier League football was back. Right. That's when it was. It's that you know? time of year. It's yeah. that time of year. So like people are coming back. Maybe there's a lot of people. If you've come back to the podcast after not listening for months, let me know. Reach out because I'm interested and leave a review while you're at it. Yes, scumbag. Um, but yeah, no, it's just exciting. You know, football's back. We're all here. It's all great fun. But on top of that, as I already alluded to earlier, the confusion about what to do, what lineups to build, who to put where, how fit are people? Are people going to get injured or rotated? Are they going to have a transfer? It's just like, oh my God, my head's broken from it today trying to build lineups. Um, I did it in a members-only stream there, and I, I was building them for about 45 minutes, and I don't think I was any nearer like my final teams. You know, I still have to go in and put an R in later, like, but yeah, um, but yeah, good fun. Speaking of last weekend, you had a big score, a very respectable score, but still got no reward. Nothing. What did Absolutely you score? Absolutely nothing. 
So I put up 368 in Champ Euro, and I was like, okay, I feel like we're in good shape. And also, I was hurt by the fact that Brendan Aronson had a goal that wasn't a goal that was called an own goal. Yeah. And I was like, there was no points awarded for that, and it would have been 25 points if he was credited with the goal. Hmm. And I was like, that kind of sings a little bit. But yeah, 368 didn't get a thing. I mean, I could see like Tier 3, Tier 2, but I think it was just some of the iron in the PSG stacks went off. And yeah. really set the bar really, really high, especially in Champ Euro. Um, and I kind of want to just be the voice of reason and say this. I don't think that's going to be a typical week. I think you're going to see some more normal type scores a little bit are, are going to mm. carry the day. Um, so 368 hopefully will be enough almost every single week. Um, so I don't want to like, you know, shy, have anybody shy away from, from Champ Euro just because of that. But it is a lot harder and it is, you know, there's some great players put up some huge scores so um yeah 368 didn't get anything that was yeah i mean that's one of the better weeks i've had period you know yeah that's pretty sick that is pretty sick i've just it's just made me go and have a look at some things and i'm locking danny parejo into we kawasaki frontale team here so it's a parejo captain with the the defensive stack and damiai sorry i just got distracted because i just remembered oh my god i've like Loads of limited Danny Parejos. I should put them in every lineup. And you know what I've made my <laughs> thing, by the way? I've I've in Mega, I always captain Parejo. Always. And yeah. in so in the so rare data in this world league. Oh, the world division, the world league. I don't know if it's going by yeah. anything else. It's just the world league, isn't it? How did your yeah. game week go? I was great. Uh we actually finished top of the entire league. We had the most points. Oh baby. Um so I think I think we were playing like Sura Pip, I think is the name. Uh he wanted a shout out because I beat him so bad. So there's a shout out. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I was, I've been talking trash in the discord the entire time. Like, oh yeah, I'm going to be the Sunderland. I'm going to get relegated through, throughout all the leagues. I'm just going to enjoy my time going down. And here I you came out and, and popped the highest score of anybody in the league. So I don't know what happened or I don't know if we gave the guy steroids or what, but, uh, oh, wow. you know, Aaron Long in the back, man, he, he's a, he's the captain that we all need. And, 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 uh, yeah, it was great. I had a game. It was a, a derby, if you will. Um, I, w- I won't drop any names. Was I won't there a drop fight? Any names. No, there was no fight. Oh. No fight. Uh, just a little bit of a blocking, um, creating some drama within the World League. But um, we'll say less. We'll say less. But the fun part is that I was blocked out of nowhere, and then we came up against each other in game week one. How Ooh. awkward, you might say. How awkward's Ooh. that, you might say. So we were up against each other. I balled out. Limiteds are included. I went yeah. balls to the wall. I had an Mbappe captain, though. But mm. look, I, I won't say anything about anyone or who it was, any whatever. All I'll say is that 1-0 to so rare, not on a budget. <laughs> I won. So rare, not on a budget. <laughs> That's all I'll say. But it was good fun. So this week, we'll see who we've got. Um, and we'll go from there but it's good fun it's good fun having that it's just a nice little side thing and again that's about building communities and back to the meetup you know at the meetup yeah. people were talking about it who they got people were checking their solar data for that as much as they were checking their lineups and there's little twitter groups and things happening and communities been built and friendships been made over a bit of shit talk and bragging rights which is always nice i, I freaked out for a second because solar data went down and i couldn't check my world league so i was a. Uh... On, I think it was Saturday it went down. And yeah, I was freaking out because I needed to see uh, how we were doing. And it, as it turned out, it was not close at all. But uh, who's in your league? Who, who who else is in your league that is not? Uh, 
that is to actually, be named. I don't actually know. Look, anyone can I know, be named. I know I've got Hoodwink in my league. I've got Quinny in my league. So, like, I'm excited for those matchups where we're yeah. going to get to play some of the guys who are at the at the meetup. I'm, I'm only playing. Like, I, everyone in the league is Alex Harry, Hedinho, me, Alex Dobbins. Raymond so rare. Alex Dobbins is a lovely guy, by the way. Met him yes. the weekend. Very nice guy. Scotty San, Secots FC, so rare on a budget, so rare monkey, who we met at the weekend, Walmart as well. Um so a very, very competitive division. But that's division four. I'd hate to see what World League One looks like. I'd say that's I think it I don't think it was built on uh who's got the best lineups because they put me in two and there's no way that I have uh, one of the second best line. I think it was just like who signed up in what order. And they just yeah. kind of kept adding more leagues and more leagues. So that's probably fair. And then over time, as people yeah. get promoted and relegated, the the cream will rise to the top. Yeah, exactly. And newcomers come in at the bottom. I suppose that's yeah. how they'll do it. Is it? I I wonder how. Uh, I, are there there are prizes, right? There are. I think there's been cards donated or like put up for it. Yeah. Um, I don't know what they look like, but it's definitely interesting. I wonder how they'll handle like the World Cup and stuff. I have no some idea. Team, some people won't have full teams. They won't. That sounds like a headache for, is it Dazzer? And who else yeah. is organizing it? Bob, Orangefly. Oh, yeah, Orangefly, Bob Flynn. Yeah, yeah, those guys, good luck with that. But it's good fun. They also, had a, they also had a cool little, like, recap video as well. If you haven't seen that, definitely go check it out. Oh, I didn't uh, even see on that. On YouTube, Quinny, Quinny and uh, Bob and Dazzer were, had, had a little uh, They just had, had a look a through review. the fixtures, did they? Yeah. Yeah, oh, after exciting. the game week. So they said who, who won and who lost. I'd watch that. I'd watch that. Well, look. I tell you what we're gonna do. We're gonna talk about something else. <laughs> Very specific of you. <laughs> oh, my head's broken. I'm telling you, right? You see, between last weekend, three nights on the drink, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then I was out last night at a gig. Um, out very late. Mark Rebelay, Loop Daddy, went and seen him. He was outstanding. And I got home today, and it's boiling hot, and I'm here, and I'm going away tomorrow for three nights. Uh, on like a boat like up the Jeez. canals and rivers in Ireland with like 12 lads drinking and eating food and whatever else so I'm just like I don't know so what you're saying is what you're saying is your calendar is pretty free if you if people want to send you anything something like that yeah, yeah. it's uh it's just I don't know my head's up my arse when it comes to content but I'm, I'm trying my best here guys you know cut me some slack um so yes I wanted to ask you about MLB. Now, again, I, I was saying to you off air, and I want to just to everyone listening, I'm having this kind of like, and I, I genuinely now I ask for feedback and a lot of things, but honestly, please do DM me about this one. I really don't know what way to go with content, both here and on my YouTube, where it's like, do I just be the football guy and just keep being a football guy and try and be the best football guy I can be? Or do I try and branch out and cover all the other sports because there's going to be many more, you know, over time? And I don't want to pigeonhole myself and just be one, but ultimately I don't know baseball. So who really wants to listen to me talk about baseball? So right. it's about trying to decide, do I want to cover baseball in some way, shape or form? Do I not? Does my YouTube channel turn into like a, to use Quinny's and like channels idea, the so rare TV type model where you're more of a network with different contributors. Yeah. And I'm just the football guy on that channel. Do I do it that way? Or do I just not do? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm at a bit of a crossroads. I'm going to give myself a week or two to kind of decide. But any feedback or thoughts on that, much, much appreciated. Um, but in so terms I think, so I think what we're because we're in kind of the same you know pickle. We're you know I have Sora in the states, which has a, a football podcast and a baseball mm. podcast as well. And we kind of when we started going into baseball, I've played baseball, so I know baseball. I've grown up with baseball. It's it's something that comes very naturally to me. 
but obviously Nashi is it the opposite, right? He's never seen a baseball game before. So um, we kind of came to that conclusion that we can do more of like the network side of things where um, we brought in Trippin B, who's been a fantastic co-host. He used to work at MLB Network, really knows his stuff. He's kind of getting does, back yeah. into baseball. We've uh, we've kind of gotten some of the, you know, some of the guys who are starting to lead that kind of community. Um, I know our, our guest a couple of weeks ago here, Miguel, is is really knowledgeable about baseball. He played a little bit of soccer, but obviously wasn't huge into soccer. Now he's starting to become a, a huge whale and he's really talented guy. And I can't wait to see what, what he kind of comes up with. So it was, it's kind of like we, we've kind of taken the approach of more um, let people do what they're good at and let them do what they're passionate about and, and you know, don't really worry about it. Because the other consideration here is, you know, to, to reference Nicholas from a couple of weeks ago on your podcast, we're adding more sports. Like he's, he's come out and said it. We have at least another sport coming. You know, are we are we really going to go and, and cover tennis and cover golf and cover baseball and cover soccer every single week? I just don't think it's possible for one person to do. Yeah. And you'd be doing it half-assed. You won't. You right. won't be able to fully know. You know what I mean? I feel like I could get away with like football plus one other, but it would need to be a sport that I grew up playing, like rugby, that right. I already have a grasp of, or like golf or something. Right. But like for me to try and go and learn baseball, it feels very like when I tried to go and learn. It's it's different. It's very different. But hear me out. Whenever I decided I wanted to get into Asian football, I f- I was saying to you, I think off air again because I didn't grow up with it and I don't know the history of it and I don't know the running narratives and I don't know who people are and I don't know the story behind it and I don't know who's traditionally good. All that lore and all those that history builds into why you follow a league and why I, well, why I do, you know, and, and even just understanding roughly like what academies are good, who does this well, who's from there, ba 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 ba, and having a network of people that follow those. When I tried to get into Asia, it was just like, I don't know what, I, I don't know who any of these are. Yeah, I don't know anything, and it was like, and that and that kind of transfers over better than you know baseball to football. You know, it's like baseball is a whole new sport. Our, our last sower in the states MLB podcast was basically, you know, the things that you would learn in sower soccer that you should not be using in sower baseball. The things mm-hmm. that are completely different, and there's a lot of stuff. To be fair, there's a lot of things that you know things that would serve you while playing the football game are just not viable in baseball it's just, yeah. they're just two completely different sports and without you kind of knowing that and having that background it's really tough you know it's really tough yeah so i think like i could try and cover baseball but it's always going to have to be with someone i can host it but i'll need someone to actually talk about it right. but ultimately how much of my current audience even cares about baseball do you know right and then the people yeah. who do care about baseball who are going to come into the platform, are they going to come and listen to some random soccer guy talk shit about baseball? Or are they going to go and just find the best baseball guy? They're probably going to do the latter. So just let them do it. I don't I'm know. I'm very offended you didn't say I was the best baseball guy. No, you're 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 kind of like, you're, um, <laughs> I was trying to come up with something witty, but I'm already explaining my brain isn't working today. <laughs> but you see, I, I actually don't even like follow baseball to the point that I don't even know who makes baseball content. Yeah. To be frank. There's not so a lot, to be fair. Yeah. There's not a lot. There will be. Oh, but I want to yeah. ask you two things about baseball anyway, okay? Again, sure. I think the way I see these podcasts in the short term anyway is being kind of like 80, 85% football and a, maybe a 10% of baseball just to fill us up, catch us up. So they're changing the scarcities, uh, the scarcity competition, competition schedule update. So basically they're phasing out yeah. commons from the limited pro. Uh, the super rare all-star they're changing it a bit people can go and read it if they care but ultimately that's going to change a little bit over time 
Um, oh my goodness. I've podcasted for over a year and my phone has never made a noise on the podcast. <laughs> and that, that I was, was going like, to say, that's not mine, is it? Jeez. I'm really off my game today. So my phone went off the first time in like 60-something episodes. Um, but the big thing I want to ask you about in baseball is Trip and B was going titties last week about how much of a shit show it is in terms of the trading and this and this and that and all these other things. What's the what's it what's the status on the ground now? How's it looking? Yeah. Yeah. So we talked about that on the on the podcast and we kind of went off a little bit. Um to be fair, we we said, you know, Sower is a company that moves kind of slowly at times, but they typically are end up, end up moving in the right direction. And I think this is kind of one of those things where they just haven't quite gotten everything together yet. But eventually they will get there. Cause I mean this stuff is See the thing that the thing that really gets to me is we don't really understand why this isn't a part of the game. Like you can make offers in football, no problem. Mm. It's 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 like a one line of code, maybe. I don't I don't know. I'm not a developer, but it seems like if you already have that written for football, it should be very easy to implement for baseball. But like you can't make offers right now. You can't search a player right now. Um, I mean, there's a load of different things that you can't do that are that you can easily do and, and are a big part of the game in Sora soccer. And yeah, I mean, nothing has changed as of right now. We're still kind of waiting on a lot of updates. I don't know if it's fair to call this like a soft launch um, where mm. they're just kind of launching the last couple of months of the season, see what doesn't work and then they'll fix it for next year. It kind of feels like that's what it is, to be honest. Like there's a few things that they didn't quite have time to get to maybe. Mm. Um, so I would expect this to be much more developed over the off season when there's not games going on, when they can fully focus on things but yeah, I mean, there there are a few things where it's just like, how is this not a part of the game? Like, you you have to buy somebody at full price. You can't make an offer for them. Like, that just seems absolutely ridiculous to me and seems like it's very easy to fix. Yeah, I'm having a look at it there. It's, it's, it does seem a little bit mad, really, that they rolled that out. And I mean, if I was a diehard baseball guy, I'm so excited about this, I'd be livid, you know? Yeah. So... And especially those of us that came from soccer and know like this stuff is normal, like this stuff we have. What like if expect? you're just coming into baseball for the first time, you may not know that that's even an option. Whereas, mm. you know, we kind of know like this is the standard so are set and they didn't really live up to that standard with this launch. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously we hope that they eventually get there and, and kind of the success depends on having a fully formed game that they've released. So yeah, there's, there's so- more to come hopefully. How do you, like, can you go to the market and, oh, this is just a shit show, isn't it? Manager sales, you could sort, but I can't make an offer. It's buy or go away. Right. You can't make any offers. You can't make any trades. You can't. There, It's literally it's, just you can only buy one player at a time. The lack of trades it really isn't good enough either. In fact, none of it is. But is it making the, the floor any more competitive because people know they aren't going to get offers? So are they actually listing it at, like, a fair price or is that just not really happening? Not really. I mean, especially the market's kind of settling some, but there's really no secondary market as of right now because anyone who's bought a card, it's only been three weeks. Like you don't really want to sell your card after three weeks, you know? Mm. So you're really only, the only people listing stuff are like flippers who got stuff very cheap and they just ask whatever price is the lowest currently. And if it's outrageous, it's outrageous, you know? They don't really care. So yeah, I mean, there's no real, there isn't really a secondary market. I've bought maybe two things off secondary and the rest has been primary. So, yeah, I mean, it, it just isn't there right now. That's all a bit mad. We have it so well over here in the football world. We think we have it bad. Look at those poor baseball guys. 
you know, over there yeah. struggling. It's tough out there. Um, I think I said this already, but I, I had a note down because I just really wanted to bitch about him again. Trent let me down in a big way. I did mention this, so I won't dwell, but he let me down in a major, major way last weekend, and I just kind of needed to have a rant about it, um, where I my under-23 rare pro team, I was... 18th with 407 points Trent captain shot 21.6 points for and his bonus is decent for me if he had a if I I was 43 points off winning the uh sorry I lie I was 54 points off winning um so if Trent had a shot an extra 40 or something got a 60 I'd have been in the money but this isn't the first time this has happened my two biggest letdowns in recent months at the end of last season there was a couple of weeks in a row where I captain Trent and he shot 25 so all I'm saying is game week 300 cannot come quick enough. <laughs> you didn't get you didn't get Sora to uh, fix the matrix fast enough for you, I guess. You should I have told him to, Big to Nick do it on the podcast, you know. Off air, yeah. I said, Nick, you need to sort me out. Hook me up with Trent, you know, go and change the whole matrix just for me. And he said, okay. And then yeah. he went and did it, but he just did it. It was announced the next day. I mean, I said to him realistically, you know, you probably should give them a few months at least. But I mean, if you make it like six weeks, they'll probably just get over it. And he went for that. But I kind of thought he might have given me two or three weeks, you know, implemented <laughs> a bit faster, gave me 296, something like that. But look, um, okay. So let's ans- answer some questions that were submitted. There's also been some statements. This is what I want you to do for now, guys. Give us questions, give us topics, but also give us hot takes. I love, I love dissecting a statement. I love actually like coming back on someone. All right. So Cal has said, and this isn't the Cal that maybe he's been on the podcast before. It's a different Cal. His his bold statement is that Koulibaly is the best centre-back in the Prem and Man United won't finish inside the top six. Top six. I, I think it's a bit early to say he's the best centre-back in the Prem. I think Virgil van Dijk's going to be hard to topple there, really, yeah. if, we're, if we're really having a go. But he, he did Koulibaly's look good. really good, though. He's really good. And I think he, he really looked really good. good in that first game week. And I'm over the moon. Yeah, I am so happy. Yeah so there's that but then United finishing in top six it's not really a so rare conversation so I don't want to spend too long on it but I think the table goes something like City Liverpool Spurs and then you're maybe looking at Arsenal then Chelsea yeah. then United I think United will finish sixth or seventh From so from what we saw from West Ham can they finish in the top six they got they got pretty beat beat pretty bad by City. West Ham, they, they it's City though, isn't it? It's hard to judge them on that. I just don't know. Right. Um, they that, that's what that's what I have to say to that. The game was brilliant though. I, I suppose just to speak about that, we were at it the Man City West Ham match, the West Ham Man City match. I suppose I should say. Um, Holland is it, it? It feels like lazy commentary, but there really is no other way to say it. He's freakish when you see him in real life. So good. He's so big. But his runs are so good, and he's so fast for his size, yeah. and he's just. What scared me is how much they really are building it, like they are working to him. Right. You know, it's not. I kind of lazily just thought, oh man, so he'll just dominate and he'll pop up and score on it. They really are like catering to him. Do you know, they're trying yeah. to play Erling Haaland in. He he could, he could break records like this season in terms of Premier League. Well, maybe not, but he, I think he gets thirty plus Premier League goals if he stays fit. I don't think that's so the question. That's the, that's the question, though. Can he stay fit? Because and everybody kind of rushed to put Holland in their FBL lineup and not to go off on an FBL rant here. Everybody rushed to put him in after week one. And it's like, well, what's really changed from now 
from before the season, right? Like we knew Holland when fit, he was probably going to score goals. He was probably going to be really, really good. Mm. The only question was, could he stay fit and would he fit in the Man City system? Well, we've answered he'll fit in the Man City system, but we, we probably knew that before. The question now is, can he stay fit? And I think mm. that's really the that's really where you're going to make all your money is if he goes the entire season, yeah, he's going to be an absolute monster in that team. Whereas, I don't know, he's he's kind of... He's almost that physical specimen that just scares you because like big guys get hurt really easily. Like look at Shaq. He was hurt all the time because he's so big and so tall that like human bodies just aren't built to athletically compete at a high level when they're that, you know, monstrous. And I think that scares me a little bit with Holland. But when he's healthy, man, like he's probably I don't know, he's like one of the top two, three players in the world when healthy, especially in that team. Maybe I've been looking at the wrong guy. I keep trying to get an Mbappe, and maybe I get a Holland. And would not. Well, be that's something? the thing. You don't. Ha- how how healthy will he be? I know the thing is the the one thing I was doing a lot of digging for an FPL video I made, and something that jumped out was Borussia Dortmund's injury history as a club, um, not just as mm-hmm. an Erling Haaland. I think they had like a really really bad injury record last season across the squad, so that could maybe come down then to system coaching whatever the medical yeah. staff are about, the physios or whoever they are. Now, I don't know. Obviously, Erling Haaland hasn't had a glistening injury-free career outside um, Dortmund either. I, th- I don't think he was particularly fit at Salzburg. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I'm bluffing. Um, <laughs> but I do think... We're just making stuff up now. <laughs> yeah, I'm just making shit up. I think like um, I do think he'll be rotated a lot, but I still think with 30 minutes... Most game weeks, if not every week, at least he he's gonna he's just gonna wreck that league. It's Man he's City. Gonna, he's gonna he's wreck gonna, every league. He's gonna do what like Aguero used to do. Do you know? He's just yeah, gonna be yeah. insane. But um, yeah, seeing him in real speaking, life was lovely. Speaking of the game, I got my West Ham jersey on. So shout oh, out! Oh, there to he Ashi. is. I bought I bought my West Ham jersey, so I'm now a, a full on hammer. Um, yeah, it was maybe a bad decision in hindsight, but who cares? I'm I'm there now. I needed a team to support, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a. Uh, their their fans were something to behold, weren't they? <laughs> I loved your video about the game. Um, Thank you. And he had the uh, <laughs> the subtitles going swearing guy. I love that. I absolutely, he was a that. very very angry man. So if he you was. do follow my content or care, if you've enjoyed any of the vlogs in the past, it's not on my channel. It's on the Fantasy Football Hub channel. Um, it's like an FPL vlog. It's only like four and a half minutes, a short one, so you could watch it in 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 four and a half minutes to be to be straight. But um, it was fun. That's and some great got- analysis there. <laughs> I just need to go. Do I have to stay? <laughs> I'm like I'm falling apart at the seams here. Um, yeah. So my point, <laughs> my point is that the fa- Yeah, you can watch it over there. It was like four and a half minutes, but I've never heard the c word more in my life. Um, yeah you you fucking knobhead little c word was the best quote of the like footage we had but we've beeped a lot of it out because he was just brutal a guy behind us um and also every, shout out to every the- time every oh. time any man city player would get anywhere near the box he'd be go go on go on go on like yeah. he, every time it was like he was expecting them to give up goals it was it was mm. weird you lazy, really snap him in yeah. off. Really giving it, Dixie. Take Shout his out legs, to, I heard. Yeah. Take his legs, yeah. yeah. Jay Renz, who's a so rare manager, who's in my DMs and Discord occasionally. We bumped into him while we were walking to our seats. What were the chances? So shout I was going to say you're famous. Like you, you got you just go oh, to a random game and you get 
you get stopped all the time now. I'm just a big deal, you know? Yeah. I'm just a huge deal. No, it's not true, but it was just, what are the chances of that? He's a West Ham fan. Um, okay, best or worst part of your trip to London? You kind of covered the worst part. What was your best part? This is from Simply Alex. Man, that's tough. I mean, all of it was just like every single thing that we did was absolutely brilliant. Um, we I mean, were all kind of dying on Saturday, weren't we? We were kind of yeah. dying on Saturday. Yeah, well, I mean, I think we were all dying. Yeah, pretty much the whole, at least I was dying the whole weekend. But yeah, um, I would say probably the event on Friday and getting to talk to everybody and meeting some new people. And even like there were a couple of times where people would like I would make eye contact with someone and you could tell like they knew who I was. And I was like, this is really weird. Like, how do how, like how do people actually know who I am? Um, and they just come up and talk and be like, oh, I love your stuff. Because like, you're a big great. deal. It was, you're getting famous. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that question about who had more followers between me and Alex? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoever answered that one with me is an idiot. Um, but yeah. So um, yeah, that was weird. Uh, but yeah, it was great to talk to everybody. And, you know, there was an FC Dallas jersey in the house, which I loved. Um, we had the news of... Um, of what's his face joining DC United during the during the game? I don't even remember who who joined DC. Was it? It's not Lukaku. It's a Belgian striker. Martins. Um, I don't I remember. No, he went to Galatasaray, didn't he? No. Is that right? Uh, I have no idea. It's not Batshuayi. I I don't even remember. I honestly can't even tell you who joined. But yeah, that news broke, so we were we were talking about that. Benteke? Yeah, I mean it was Benteke. There you go. That's who it is. Yeah, he uh, he joined DC United while we were at the event, which was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, it was great to talk to everybody. Great to meet everybody. Put a face to some names. I'm god awful with names, so I don't even remember my own name at this point. But um, yeah, it was great to 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 get a chat and you know have a little drink with everybody. So, what was your favorite part? My favorite part. Um, my favorite part. I don't Heathrow know. Airport. Heathrow Airport on the way home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it was um. I don't know. Like, look, I it was some for me personally. There was a big buzz about doing something on it, like albeit literally not really a stage, just chairs in front of everyone else. But there was some buzz to that because it's the first time I've really done something like that. So it was, and it, yeah. for me, it was nice. Do you know? Um, Man, those lights that, were bright. Oh yeah, the your the light on you was very bright. The other one was meant to be on me, but wasn't, and I was over the moon about that. But um, yeah, no, that that was nice. But even just, I think like. I think just there was one point in the night where I was up and I'd finished wrapping everything up and I just looked down and there was like, once you go down the wee steps back towards the bar, there was like 50 or 60 so rare people just standing around drinking. And it was just like, yeah. for me on my own, it's like a nice, that was my like high, highlight little moment. It sounds very That's wholesome cool. and maybe a little cringy, but it was just kind of like a, I made this happen. Do you know? It was yeah. fulfilling. It was like, isn't this nice? But yeah. um I don't know if that feeling's yeah. enough to make me want to make it happen again. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was cool that like people came on their own and just kind of automatically connected with people, you know? Like yeah. I mean there were obviously a group of us were out on Thursday night, so we were all kind of talking and you know, we had already made friends by that point. So we were kind of in like our little group as well. But like even people who weren't there on Thursday, weren't there on Saturday, weren't there on Sunday, just came to the event and we were talking for hours and hours and hours about every topic under the sun it was mm. it was it was incredible honestly it really was incredible and i think if uh if sora really wants to go beyond just you know roi and the numbers and all that kind of thing that's the kind of stuff that'll stick with you that and and you've talked about at length you know experiences and getting to meet your favorite players and go to your favorite club that's the kind of stuff that sets this apart from just 
a bland mathematic game that you just play to, you know, it's, it's just a job at that point, you know? Yeah. I completely agree. Just like the, the community and the friendships that were built there are great and it will keep people engaged in the game and that's ultimately in SoRare's interest if they really want to look at it from a number crunchy business point of view, which they inevitably will. Um, right. Jack Doyle has asked, do you think MLB on SoRare will be a success, in your opinion? Do, do so you that, think it will turn the tide and succeed or do you think it's going to be a flop? That depends on what you think SoRare turns into eventually, because in order for SoRare to be, and they've stated their goal is to be, you know, an entertainment giant and be you know, the one that connects all sports fans to, to everybody. If you think that they get to that goal, it has to succeed. They have to do whatever they have to do to make it work and make it succeed. Um, I personally believe that they're going to do it. I think the team is great. I think they're going to hire the right people. And I, I love Nicholas. I love the whole vision that they have of everything. So I think they personally will. Now, if you don't, if you think they're just a, a group of guys that know soccer and they have a great soccer game, but they can't really expand beyond that, then it probably ends up failing. Like it's, it's obviously a brand new sport. It's brand new connections that they may not have had before. I mean, so there are definitely some challenges with getting into a new sport. But this is kind of like their proof of concept, right? This is their moving away from just being strictly a football soccer company. It's now they're mm-hmm. a sports company. So from their perspective, it has to work. They have to do whatever it takes to get people in, to get people playing, to get people connected. So if that ta- if that means adding in an ETH threshold, if that means adding in ETH prizes, if that means giving away more rewards, it, whatever it takes, they have to do it. There's really mm-hmm. no other option because if this fails... They have no pitch for the NBA. They have no pitch for the NFL. They have no pitch for tennis. They have no pitch for golf. So uh, this is, I mean, this is a crucial time for them as a company. And I I personally believe in them, but that's up to you to make your own decision, really. Yeah. That's something like, this is the first time I suppose I've kind of looked at it and thought, oh, what if it just doesn't work? (laughs) Like, what if baseball just doesn't catch on? You know, it's certainly possible. They can, they can always throw money at it, and ultimately, you'd like to think if they throw enough money at marketing and whatever else, it will eventually work. But that's not good for SoRare either. And, and, and at what point do they just accept this isn't as you know? Do, does yeah. is there a possibility they they realize let's just be the football guys? One hundred percent. Yeah, you know, of course there is. Yeah, there there absolutely is, and I mean this is. Like you're talking about going into a new sport. Like they had a whole bunch of connections within the football community. They're all they're all French guys. They don't have any connections in the baseball community. So they got to make all those connections. I think it'll take time. I think it'll take them hiring staff. It'll take them hiring people who know the sport of baseball. Um, but I think eventually they have the right they have the right vision and mindset to be a global entertainment company. In my opinion, so I think that's eventually going to win out. Um, hmm. But yeah, I mean it. A hundred percent, it could not work. Like they could absolutely flop on this and just be a great, you know, football soccer game. Yeah, who knows? So that's your take. I don't really have a take, Jack. I'm sorry, Jack Doyle sent that question in. Um, no take for East- you, Jack. Easton has his take, which is Jack McGlynn is better than Char- Carlos Gill. That's a bold strategy, cotton move right there. Um, obviously, yeah. Carlos Gill is absurd. And uh, yeah, I I don't know that anybody's better than him in the MLS, but Jack McGlynn, in all fairness, is an absolute wonder kid at coming through the system in Philadelphia. His left foot is magical, and Philly doesn't play youngsters a lot. They don't. They like Jim Curtin never rotates his team. He always plays his own starters all the time, 
And the, the three or four guys that are breaking through it at Philadelphia are all really, really good players. And for me personally, Jack McGlynn's the best of them. But, I mean, Paxton Aronson, Quinn Sullivan, um, they've, got, they've got some real talent on the bench on that team. And they've obviously had a great season. But, yeah, to say he's better than Carlos Hill at this point is, is a little, uh, little hot takey. A little hot takey, yeah. I'd love to have uh, PSU fans on to have a scrap with you about that one. If this um, one, if this were the uh, the meetup, we'd have to boo that one. I think. Boo! Get the watch out and see what the decibels <laughs> yeah, see, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's our first in joke. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. I'll have to check them out. You know, I, I'm just like trying to not be a magpie. I, people probably heard me click on buttons the minute you said the name, and I've seen his name. I might have even had a card of his before. I don't think I have, but I think. Yeah, you've heard about him when we did a video, or it might have been Quinny, or someone told me about him, um, but I don't have one yet. That might change in the next, in the coming 15 minutes. Hudson <laughs> Sin, and this will be our last question. A lot of the other things are kind of mentioning stuff around the meetup and all, which is great. Um, Matt put a question in. Um, we might get to, we'll see on time. Hudson says, hot take, Columbus Crew will win the MLS Cup. I'll let you react to that. It doesn't mean anything to me. I mean, I like Columbus a whole lot. They're Obviously, uh, they're coming on, and the, the one problem in the beginning of the year was scoring goals, and then they went and signed Chucho Hernandez from Watford, who's been fantastic, mm-hmm. um, and he's been really sparking them. So they're making a big push in the East. Caleb Porter is Caleb Porter wins the MLS every other year, and they won it in 2020. So, I mean, this is 2022 now, so this theoretically should be their year. I don't, I don't think that's a real hot take, but really with the MLS Cup, it's a one game playoff. Like literally anything can happen. It's just very difficult to predict who's going to end up winning. There's so many good teams in the MLS that there's no like real great standout teams. Hmm. I mean, they're going to be one of 14 teams in there, so they got a shot, but yeah, I, I have no idea who's going to win the MLS cup. I can tell you who's going to win the supporter shield, just like the regular season, but no idea who's going to win the, the actual cup. So we don't know who's going to win the cup. Hudson, we don't know about that take. And this is one that Hudson's also asked that'll let you go for um, top three surprise breakouts and flops of the MLS season so far. So I suppose just three in total breakouts or flops. What are the three biggest surprises so far? So I'd say one of the best one of the best stories in the league this year is definitely the Philadelphia Union. And I don't think they get the credit that they deserve. They have the best defense of any team in MLS history, which is absurd. Um, another great breakout story is Austin, who's a second-year team uh, who is challenging for the top couple spots in the league. And, and they're scoring goals at an absolutely astronomical rate, and they're scoring with a very low XG. Like, they're just on a magical run of form for the entire season so far. And I'd say probably the biggest flop is Atlanta. Like, they have so much talent in that team, but they just don't really fit together. They've had some injury issues. They've had you know, guys not having really great runs of form. They've had a locker room issues. Their CEO left to go be the CEO of Newcastle. Like they've got, you know, they probably spent 30, 40 million, got 30, 40 million dollars on players in their starting lineup. And they just can't put it together, um, which is annoyingly frustrating every year because you see these guys with all this talent and they're fairly cheap because they're just not performing. You're like, well, I want them, but this is like two years in a row now where they've very massively underperformed. So, yeah, I, I'd say those would be the three probably best, you know, highest and lows for me. Well, there we are. I'll take this one very yeah. quickly, I suppose. We have time. 
Matt wants to know, would love to get your opinion on different common leagues to allow more free-to-play areas, I under-23 common, Asia America common. This is something we cover regularly. Um, I just want to throw it at you because I haven't spoke to you in a while. What do you take on this, you know, different regions for commons? Or do you think they're kind of doing enough for the academy and different bits that's going on there? So as a common whale, I want to see as many common leagues as possible because I want to... <laughs> I have 115 common cards, John. I got to be using them somehow. Mm. Um, no, I, th- I think the one really positive thing that's come out of MLB has been the free-to-play aspect of them having common leagues with a ton of rewards, um, getting people you know common cards that they can then go and play with. So yeah, I'd love to see some of that trickle back over to the soccer side and have some more you know, different options. Academy is a great start, good step in the right direction. Um, but yeah, baseball is, is a little bit further along in, in on that side of things, in my opinion. So it'd be really awesome to see some some of those different types of leagues. Um, I know most people probably won't care about it, but for people just kind of onboarding and new people, it can be a really good way to learn the game. So yeah, definitely as many free-to-play stuff as we can get, I'm always a fan of. Unreal. I, that just reminded me to plug in my casual team. I got to take those limited rewards off the new signups, you know? Got to not yeah. let them win anything. Give it away to the community. Oh, yeah, you know, hundred percent. Got to, got to feed the whales. Got to feed those, those plankton, whales. maybe. Feed those plankton. Whales, whales got to eat too, you know. Whales got to eat. coming in. Oh, hashtag whales got to eat. If you enjoyed this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I'm the worst. Okay, one thirty-seven game. Um, your your mate Trip and B came on last week, and he had a one sixty-two. He went for a bold yeah. strategy. A couple of footballers, baseball player, all close to yeah. his own heart. One sixty-two means twenty-five quid for charity, which is decent going. Which puts the total pot up to two hundred and thirty-four euros. So I think I need to I need to donate that soon. I'm go- other than, I unless I just end up, I, think, I might just let this roll, and then once it hits like a grand, dude, it's like, do you do lots of little just donations? Never end up donating one? it. Just never donate. Yeah. <laughs> if I never stop podcasting, I never have to donate, do I? Yeah. There's the time limit <laughs> on this thing. I think what I'm waiting for is like a, a really clear. I think I'm going to keep. Look, there's a lot of charities close to my own heart I could do, but what I kind of like the idea of is having it there, and then if there's a like someone in the community has yeah. a something. Cool. charity or need something then you you have the pool so i'm, I'm yeah. not against letting it build i'm good for it don't get me wrong if it gets to a big like too big an amount that i can't cover i'll maybe just have to do it but i mean for now we're okay we'll let it build a while but i like that idea you know maybe someone in the community is running a marathon and they've got to be just given page or go fund me or whatever it is is it just given it's just given but um anyway Chris, you have to pick as many players as you want from as many different sports as you want. I've realized baseball yeah. is very hard to calculate because there isn't like a single game week score. It's very difficult. On data yet. So yeah. footballers ideally for me, but if you want to pick baseballers, you do your thing. I'm going footballers because I'm I'm you know, I'm a man of the people. I'm trying to make it easy for you. Thank um, you. So one of my so one of my I guess another guy I could have said is is a feel good story for the year. And a guy that's going to be in the Canadian national team when they go to the World Cup for the very first time. He's been a Toronto legend forever. I hope he resigns because I just I love seeing him play for Toronto. He's had a great season, massively undervalued the entire season. I've had him in my team all year and I've been trying to sell him, but just I don't like the price because he's not high enough. Um, Jonathan Osorio. I, I, I wondered how yeah. long it would take before we got to you pumping the shit out of someone. And you, you oh, like to pump my own guys. Osorio, yeah. I won him a while ago and sold him. His scores were really, really good. He's fantastic, and he pumps AA all the time, so he has a nice floor, but then he's also scored eight goals and assisted four this year. So he, he can get your decisive. He's, he's 
gone over 85, I think, five times this year. So he's like, he's really good for MLS. Like, I'm looking at him now, and I don't own him, right? But like, you know when you just kind of have this gut feel about prices and players and stuff? When someone has an L5 of 73 and an L15 of 65 and even an L40 of 55, and that was they were all helped a little bit with the new matrix as well, which always helps them. And he's churning out, whenever he starts, if I have a look at that, if you sort his graph by just starts, he's a monster. And you'd get him he's for like point two. Monster. And he's going to play in the World Cup. And he's been point two the whole season. Like his price has actually stayed fairly level. Like a lot of the MLS prices are down. He's kind of stayed there because he's just a baller. His fiat price has like, risen. His fiat like price no is one almost, ever wants to sell him. His fiat price has almost doubled in the last month. He's went from 220 euro to 369. His limited I prices. I didn't think about the rise in ETH. Yeah, his limited price has doubled in the last month as well. Um, that's that L5 for you. But yeah, but Jonathan also, Osorio. I mean, he, okay. he, he now pairs with Insigne. He pairs with Bernadeschi. Like, that's a good team in Toronto mm. if they can put it together the last half of the season. So Soria is going to be my pick. They got an okay matchup. Portland is hot, but uh, Toronto is also at home. So I, uh, I think I think we're okay there. I think he'll pump out a nice little 60 for us, and, and we'll try to get a goal out of the next guy. Love it. So Osorio in. So we're going to go Osorio. So then the other one is a guy that – Kind of let me down a little bit last week. He scored sort of, but uh, he got called as an own goal. Brendan Aronson. I love Brendan Aronson. He's maybe my favorite player on the U.S. national team. He's probably a better real-life player than a Sora player, but he is also an attacking midfielder, so he should get some goals and assists this year. I'm counting on you know just a goal or an assist. I think they have a, a decent fixture this week. Mm. I don't remember who they were playing, but... Um, I'm going to go for my two, Osorio and Brendan Aronson. And I've told you, I'm trying to save you some money because I think I'm going to shoot well below what we're what we're looking for. But uh, we'll see. <laughs> well, look, good luck with that. Osorio and Aronson locked in for 137 points. Chris, it's been lovely chatting to you. Where are all the places people find you? You have lots of content going on. Yeah, so I've got to pump a few different people here. So uh, obviously the main the main podcast is Sewer in the States. We do a football and a baseball version once a week. Um, you can find it on our website. It's all over my Twitter and all that stuff. Um, we also do that betting podcast with Predictology, as John uh, from Predictology so nicely put it out at our, at our event. Um, that's a really nice thing. If you're into betting, we do the MLS, and we're going to start doing the Premier League. Uh, we'll just kind of cover different fixtures. Who has a good value there? And then another thing that is I'm sort of involved with, I'm not really running or anything, but we're going to be a featured, pod, featured podcast on this new site called All So Rare, which is going to be, in my opinion, pretty cool. They're like basically collating all the different podcasts and all the different YouTubes and all this different thing. And they're kind of putting it all in one place, the, the, the Twitter pages to follow and all that stuff. Um, we're going to be on there. Uh, it's going to be really, really cool. They've been putting out like different teaser posts. I think they're going to start here in like the next week or so. And so definitely something to to check out. And I just wanted to give them a shout out because that seems like a really cool idea. And I, I got a sneak peek at their website and it does look really, really cool. So um, yeah, also where I think is is uh, on Twitter. And I, I think I was the first follower and the second follower for them on Twitter. Oh, so wow. I'm pretty proud of that. Yeah, yeah, I got a message about that. So I'm interested to see how that one shakes out and how it looks, but it looks like a great place as a hub yeah. for content. Um, but obviously it's not released the website yet, but keep an eye out. So look, it's been an absolute pleasure and I'm sure I'll see you again. Yeah, thanks for having me on, John. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Get some sleep, buddy.
and that's it for this week's episode if you enjoyed it please like it subscribe to it and do whatever you gotta do leave me a review on podcasts it's the best way you can help the podcast go and click five stars on spotify or apple and steal all your friends phones and do it there too thank you so much for for watching or listening and i will see you soon bye-bye